This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Apple has long sold the idea that it is more private and secure than its rivals. It's looking to step that up with a new lockdown mode. But what is it, and when should you use it? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to discuss this new mode is our resident Apple expert, Ian Sher. Welcome, Ian. How are you doing? So what is lockdown mode? Basically, it's this idea that Apple says they figure they need to move to a more extreme version of security and for a specific group of people. Mm. So, you know, typically Apple says that all of their devices are incredibly privacy focused and secure. And, you know, they obviously as part of their marketing and all of that. But one of the things that's happened in the last few years is we've started seeing what are targeted hacking attacks. So this is not just normal viruses or malware or even ransomware that takes over your computer or your phone and then demands that you give them Bitcoin or whatever to get your phone back. Most of those are indiscriminate, right? They're just kind of designed to spread as far as possible, as quick as possible, and cause the most damage so that the hackers can either get data or they can get money. With these targeted hacking attacks, which are often done by repressive regimes, right, governments, Mm -hmm. uh, they are going after people like human rights workers or lawyers or journalists or other politicians. And in those cases, those pieces of software are actually designed not to make themselves well known. So we only learn about them after they've been in the wild, unfortunately, for a while. And it's caused quite an uproar. Uh, One of the most famous ones is this thing called Pegasus, which we wrote about on CNET back when that was going on. It's by this company, NSO Group, which is based in Israel. And uh, there were signs that it was being used by a lot of really repressive governments to Mm. be able to spy on, among other people, journalists. Yeah, so I, I, remember that, okay. I remember that affair pretty well. What ultimately what what happened there with with Pegasus? Like, what did did Apple take any kind of recourse there? It did. So there were a couple of things Apple did. Right, one was that uh, last year in the fall, it actually released a new software update that specifically stopped Pegasus from working. That was a key thing. Mm-hmm. But then also, it turns out that uh, during that time, Apple also started alerting people who were being targeted that it could uh, kind of identify, right? It could somehow sense that they were being targeted uh, and and actually warn them, hey, you may be one of the people who was affected by this kind of state-sponsored, very targeted hacking. And mm-hmm. so now apparently Apple says that it has alerted people in 150 countries of this uh, kind of targeted attacking. Now, it, Apple points out this is a very small number of people, but um, when you have a billion active devices around the world, it adds up pretty quick. So, you know, it's, it's a growing problem, something that the company's rather worried about. And so now it's introducing this idea called lockdown mode, which will come out in the fall, uh, which essentially will 
turn off a lot of the automated systems inside of the phone. Like, for example, that, you know, will open up a PDF automatically uh, or even do stuff like allow a website to have unusual fonts. Right. Uh, mm. All of these types of what Apple calls attack surfaces uh, are essentially shut off in an effort to extremely protect the phone, but also still make it usable. Now, that that's interesting. Is this intended to be a, a mode that you have on persistently or what is the thinking about when you would actually engage lockdown mode? Yeah, that is actually the squishiest part of this whole thing, right? Apple is designing a tool that it knows there's a problem for, but it mm -hmm. doesn't have explicit answers for when you would want to turn it on. And that's probably why it's hidden in the settings, right? It's not something like when you're setting up the phone, hey, do you want to turn on lockdown mode? Um, <laughs> because it really reduces what, what the phone is able to do. But generally speaking, what Apple said is that they're relying a lot on uh, these organizations that have kind of built up over the last few years to help all of these people who are targeted by these systems, uh, including Citizen Lab, which is in Toronto. They actually uh, help to identify the Pegasus spyware and mm. to alert people about it and also to educate the, the public about it. And um, if further, there are other organizations that are now starting up, including the Ford Foundation, which Apple is actually giving a $10 million grant to, to help kind of uh, aid people becoming more aware of when they might be targeted by these uh, very targeted attacks. So, you know, it's not as easy as saying, hey, you're a politician, you should turn this on. Or, hey, you're a right. journalist, you should turn this on. Because, you know, it, it, there are very many different types of politicians and journalists out there, uh, you know, a lot of lawyers, and you don't want them all suddenly not being able to use all the features of their phones. So well, that's a good question. That's a good point, though, because when you talk about lockdown mode and then what you're actually giving up with this mode like what what are some of the features and capabilities of a phone that you are giving up when you turn on lockdown mode yeah so a lot of the features are these kind of more advanced features beyond doing simple stuff like email, web browsing, and phone calls, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, for example, being able to download those unusual fonts from the internet, apparently that creates a much wider attack surface. Mm -hmm. Even stuff like the way that code is actually downloaded to the phone when you visit a website and then uh, run through the computer in the phone to be able to run, uh, a lot of those features are turned off. Certain video Video types, right? And just even formats for video are not allowed. Mm. Same thing with images. Only certain formats for images are allowed that are known that Apple says, you know, are the most likely to be secure. And uh, you may notice when you're web browsing, oftentimes if you open a PDF or you click on a link for it, it shows up in the web browser. Yep. Um, a lot of that kind of automated preview stuff is shut off. Okay. Uh, because that could be another way to attack you, right? Is by sending you a file that the phone automatically opens up so that you're able to read it and suddenly you're in danger. In this case, it, it will download it to the phone, make sure you're comfortable with it, and then you can open it if you want to. Okay. Okay, but generally the idea here is that the experience that you have, whether it's browsing the internet or just running apps, a lot of that's going to be limited, and you might see a lot of, I guess, blank pages when you're when you're browsing the internet. Is that is that the case? 
it'll look different, right? I got to see an example of this font thing, right? Which Apple actually does on its own website where, you know, it uses special types of arrows mm. on one of its pages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, suddenly those just show up as little blocks instead, uh. right? So, you know, in some cases it'll just be annoying, right? Like the, the, the rest of the web page will still be there. But the, you know, a, a more kind of serious thing is if you have a very kind of interactive website, you might suddenly start seeing that it doesn't work as well. And mm. in those cases, Apple said that you can actually whitelist, right? You can actually mark down the websites you want to basically be able to go around lockdown mode ah. uh, so that you're able to still do what you want. So, you know, this is not meant for if you're wanting to go through YouTube, but let's think more in terms of a corporate security website, right? Like yep. you need to access your corporate email. It has some of these functions, but you know it's your corporation, so it's, it's relatively safe. You can uh, basically allow that website to act as normal on the phone while every other website is shut down through lockdown mode. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and uh, I, I know this is so in early development. You said this is coming out in the fall. Uh, you know, as you're looking at this, I mean, obviously there's some questions about like when someone should use this, but were there any other questions or things you hope that Apple will address uh, before this thing actually gets rolled out? Well, what I'm going to be really fascinated by is how Apple handles other apps, right? Because mm. um, one of the things we've learned about these targeted hacking attacks uh, particularly has been that apps like WhatsApp have been used as a vector for these attacks. Right. And, uh, you know, so Apple is answering some of that by saying, look, you know, we're going to make it so that any app that uses a web view, right? So basically opens a web page. Imagine Twitter, for example, when you get sent a link in Twitter or Facebook, it then goes to a web browser inside of the app that's actually controlled by Apple and all of the lockdown mode features will be turned on in that case. But the other thing is that Apple said they they are committing to making this uh, to making this continuously updated. You know, they're saying, look, we we realize that this is an important feature. We're not just tossing it out there and seeing how people respond to it. We're going to be actively working on this. And in fact, even um, they've announced a two million dollar bug bounty mm. to encourage researchers to kind of poke and prod at it. So, you know, I think that. Apple realizes this is just a beginning to something. And I mean, security in general, any expert will tell you, is is a, a never-ending war. But in particular with this stuff, you know, Apple in some ways is is throwing a target on its back by saying it's developed this program, right? Yep. And so, you know, obviously there are a lot of people who are gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna check, right? <laughs> but also on top of that, there are apps that you know, probably will be affected by this. And Apple needs to make sure to find a way that it can design it, that it works with all the, what, 2 million apps out there yep. without having to create special exceptions for every single app that comes along that says they're complaining. Definitely. And that's that's a that's a really critical point uh, that this, this doesn't go, that they're not going overboard with the protection. Uh, otherwise, folks aren't going to want to use this. Uh, fascinating topic. Very interested to see how this thing actually looks when it gets rolled out in the fall. Ian, thank you for your time. You can check out his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>